Daniel. And we're going to be taking Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, I believe it is. Verse 10. And my Bible is entitled Daniel in the Lion's Den, but we're just going to be getting the very beginning of it. And now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and into his upper room with the windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before the, his God, as was his custom since early days. May the Lord add his blessing this morning as Steve brings us the message. Father, this morning as we are here, we want to hear your word, not mine. So we pray that um, you would open our minds, our hearts, and to receive whatever it is that you want us to hear. And um, we thank you for doing that. Your Holy Spirit, and we know, is busy in each of us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So is this working all right? Can we make it louder? I don't know who does the louder thing, but yeah. yeah, there it is. Hello, 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 Brian. Okay. Yep, I'm up on the podium, Brian. Hello? <laughs> Is this loud enough in here? Okay, that's what I'm worried about. <clears throat> well, we're going to talk um, a little bit more, or more in depth, I guess. The last time I was here, we, I brought out a, a word um, in the Greek, it's Eucharistia, or Eucharistia, however you want to pronounce it. You say apple, I say whatever, tomato. And um, we'll, we'll fill that out a little bit more if you weren't here the last time. But it's where Jesus gave thanks, then he broke the bread. Gave thanks is Eucharistia, or Eucharistia. Well, we're going to start in Philippians today, and we're going to go over to chapter 4. Chapter 4, Philippians, and I want to look at verse um, 11 and 12. And if someone wants to read that nice and loud, so um, maybe someone at home could even hear it. I don't know that Mike's hanging out there, right? We're hoping there's a lot of people watching us on live stream. And if they can't hear you reading, maybe they can look it up. That would be good, too. Philippians 4, 11 and 12. Who's got that? I've got it, Steve. Okay, Dan, thanks. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am 
to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Now, there's, there's an important word in here, something that Paul is. No matter what's happening, he is content. 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 Well, that's a nice, that's a nice word, content. Um, what, when, when are you most content? When I'm comfortable. When you're comfortable? Okay. When things are going right. When things are going right, okay, yes, that's... That's usually when we're content, when things are going right. Um, but here, Paul says, I'm content no matter what. As in, whether I have plenty or I have nothing, whether things are going right or not going right, whether the ball games got rained out or not, doesn't really matter. I'm content, he says. So I looked at that word in the Greek, as you know, I like to do. And the word there, content, has this meaning of a baffling satisfaction. Why in the world would you be content when you have nothing? But things are going wrong. Great thing to have though, isn't it? To be content, baffling as it may be. Um, Now, this baffling contentment, as, after we read these two verses, the next verse, verse 13, kind of like doesn't seem to fit there. But let's see if we can fit it in. Verse 13, Dan, if you're still willing to read for us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay. So, I can do all things through God who strengthens me. Now, we've just been talking about contentment in uh, this times of plenty, in this times of uh, famine, I guess you would say. Nothing, nothing's going right. It says that God gives me that strength. What's, what could we parallel that strength with as we've read these two verses before that? What would the strength be that Paul has that he's talking about in those first two verses? The contentment. The contentment itself, right? Peace. A peace that passes all understanding, right? Okay. So Paul has it. He uses it. But, you know, he leaves us, does, he leaves us there. Kind of goes on to something else. So we got to flesh it out a little bit ourselves. And let's go to Nehemiah. Nehemiah is one of the minor prophets in the Old Testament, those last 12 little books. And if somebody finds that, we're going to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Nehemiah 8, verse 10. We're going to find out a little bit about this strength and contentment. Okay. Who has Nehemiah? It's a hard one to find, huh? 8, 10, you said? 8, verse 10, yes. And he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those whom 
nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Ah. What's our strength? The joy is our strength. Now, we don't usually... Um, well, contentment, is that a joyful thing? It is, right? There's a certain joy in being content. Um, but we're talking about a baffling contentment. And it says here that joy is part of that. Now, I told you I would talk to you about uh, the Eucharistio, or Eucharisteo. That word, when Jesus said he gave thanks, he didn't just say thanks for the bread, God. What he did was like give like a blessing. Eucharisteo. You heard of a Eucharist? You know the bread. This represents that bread represented him, but he wasn't uh, necessarily thanking God for the bread, which represented the sacrifice he was going to give the next day. He was saying, God, I recognize with joy uh, and gratitude. Thanks, I recognize your grace. So he was telling God, no matter what, even though tomorrow what I'm facing is the cross, I still have this joyful contentment, this baffling contentment in you. So, um, let me find my spot here. Let's go to Hebrews. Because we want to look at this contentment and this joy. Um, where does it go? Where does it go from there? Does, does Paul tell us how to get this contentment? Because that's, that's the important part of reading the scriptures. It's good to know what, what we can have, but how do we get it? Now, we, we read that verse that said um, Jesus gives it to us, right? That Jesus, or the, that God gives us the strength. But look at um, Hebrews. i find it again here. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Okay, who has that one? Hebrews 13, 15. Nobody? Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, fruits of lips that confess his name. Okay, now yours said confess. What do other versions say there? Confess his name. Give thanks. Okay. Proclaiming our allegiance. Proclaiming our allegiance. And um, the, the Greek word there is acknowledge. Okay. But it starts off by saying the sacrifice of praise. Now, we know that in the Old Testament they had sacrifices. This sacrifice that's being referred to here is the thank offering sacrifice. Where people brought things 
uh, fruit and other uh, products or whatever to the temple as a sacrifice to say thank you to God for a good crop or uh, a new grandson, those kinds of things. Figured I'd throw that in there because you can appreciate that today. <clears throat> well, did you bring a thank offering though, Steve? Um, I, I did, no, I didn't put it in the basket. It's right here, but the kids, I forgot to give it. Later. Catch me later. <laughs> so we've had this, um, this sacrifice of praise. So is praise sacrifice? And if it is, how do they, how do they relate looking at what I just said? Are they equal, opposites? The sacrifice is a thank offering. Is praise have anything to do with thanks? Absolutely. Okay. So this sacrifice of praise, you know, we've been talking about praise. Cliff's been teaching us, um, Pastor Cliff, to, you know, to pray with praise. When you read a verse in the Bible, look for something in there to praise God for. Uh, when we say, Lord, we praise you, we actually didn't praise him at all. Because praise is something about uh, God's character. As some things that, he, that he's done, he's, he's a great, he's compassionate. We praise you for your compassion. And we saw that compassion, compassion um, with Jesus where it says he, you know, he healed everybody in the whole town. He had compassion on them. So we can turn that, um, those verses in the Bible into a praise that's specific about God's character. But here we're talking about a sacrifice of praise or thanks. And it goes on there to say that um, the fruit of the lips, and what were those words? Giving thanks. Right? Was, was one of them especially, was giving thanks. Giving thanks, um, but not just giving thanks or writing it down. It's saying there, by, by mentioning lips, what's it saying? Huh? For telling it, saying it out loud, right? So when we, when we thank God for things out loud, that's a sacrifice of praise. Now we're working our way to Eucharisteo. Remember, we were just talking about Eucharisteo. And even in the face of going to the cross the next day, that's what Jesus said. Now, um, we praise God for his good character. But let's go down here further. Um, and let's see what other things could we give praise for. Now go to James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Come down from the Father of the heavens, uh, heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. What was the beginning of that? Then did I get the right verse? James 1, 17? Yeah, every good and perfect okay. is from above. 
I was reading the next two lines while you read the first part. So, so um, is there anything here to thank God for in this verse? Every good and perfect thing comes from God, right? Now, would it be then uh, what follows that? Could we thank God for then all those good things? Would that, would that follow? Does it follow for you and I when we give good gifts? Do we, or get good gifts, do we thank the person? Normally, right? It's, it's, a, it's the common response. So while we're, we're thinking about this, um, name some gifts of God. Now remember, when we're talking about praise, we're talking about praising God more for his character. When we're thanking God, we're thanking him for things. He gave us life. He gave us life. Wow, that's a great thing to thank him for. Matter of fact, um, Paul says that eternal life is a gift. Anybody else have any, can you think of any gifts from God that you could list now? He sent us that life through his son. Okay. Even the more nitty gritty, just the apples that you brought us, brought the kids today. Okay, so food. You, you saw the parallel there, right? Do we have, do we thank God for the variety of foods He provides? Okay, well let's thank Him for one. Name some. Are you thankful for asparagus? Amen. Huh? Everybody? Yeah. Okay. Are you thankful that asparagus is green? To have purple asparagus would kind of be a little weird. Yeah. They do change them colors, right? They mix things down there. Purple in Well, when Dan prayed, I think he mentioned something he was thankful for out, out the window there. He, yeah, are you thankful for the bird's song? You know, when... Uh, can't remember his name, the man that was here that came from uh, Russia area. But he told the story of a place over there in the Ukraine or Russia or some, some place over there where the, uh, there had been some waste or something coming out of this factory and it destroyed Chernobyl. All, it wasn't Chernobyl, I don't think, but it could have been. Uh, but the idea was that forest, they used to play out in that forest and now you go through there and there's not a sound, not a peep. And it's so depressing. You hear that bird? Yeah. You know, it just, it, it, makes, you, it give, makes you joyful. And when you uh, point that out, it makes it even more joyful when you notice it. You know, people can go through life and, uh, what, what's that saying, um, smell roses? You know, let's stop for just a minute and smell the roses. Now, rose isn't my favorite smell, and neither are petunias. I made Sandy put them out on the porch. Have <laughs> you had them in your house? It's like, what's that smell? That's petunias. They're supposed to be a flower. They're supposed to smell good. I don't know. Maybe other people like the smell. Um, you know, there's, you know, you see the title of the lesson there, Gifts Galore. There are gifts galore from God. You think of, you know, garden fresh tomatoes, garden fresh cucumbers, mm -hmm. 
garden fresh corn. Tomato. Put salt and a little butter on there, and then garden fresh watermelon. You feel the joy? Really, do you feel the joy when you say that out loud? It's like, well, I'm getting, I'm getting all excited inside. Okay? We get excited as we, as we talk about the gifts like that, we get excited. We start to feel the joy grow. Now, um, this is the same thing as praise. We can, in a prayer, say, God, we thank you for everything you did for me today. That's really not thanking him for anything. It's not bad to say. So, you know, if you say it, okay. But when we start getting specific, that's when it starts to bring on that joy. So, this thanks for specific things is uh, what we were talking about, or what I mentioned in Sabbath school, starting to listen. Because Laura said that we all need a closer relationship with God. We need him more than we think. And sometimes we know that, but we don't know how to do it. How do we get there? And the more specific that we get with God, the more our relationship with him grows. As we specifically name things that we're thankful for, it multiplies the joy in God. And where does joy come from? It's a fruit of the... Spirit. Spirit, right? So as we get to know God more and we appreciate Him more and we express that specifically, we get closer to Him. We know Him better. We feel closer to Him. We're, we're happy about that relationship more and more and more. Now look at Psalms chapter 100. Right in the middle of the Bible there. Psalms number 100, verse 4. Now this is a verse that, that um, has been mentioned as far as praise is concerned. But let's read it and see what else is included. Psalms 100, verse 4. You know, we've been emphasizing the praise part there, but what comes first, actually? The thanks comes first. Enter his, what with, with thanks? Gates. His gates. The gates of what? Heaven. The gates of heaven. Right, right to the throne of God, right? So those thanks and those praise bring us right that close to God. And when we express blessings like that, it's like if I give a gift to my um, grandson, okay, and he, he looks at the gift, he plays with it, he's happy with it, and he runs in the other room with it, well, um, I, I think he liked it, what, would, what do I really want to hear? Yeah, that's what, that's what touches me, right? That's what touches you when you give a gift to somebody. Um, thank you so much. You thought about me. You did something wonderful for me. And, and that makes you feel good inside. 
And then when we name that gift, it also makes that gift more important to us. Grampy gave me that present. He gave me that wonderful toy. I'm not getting specific because there's lots of toys that I've given him. But when he brings that out, it just does something. It does something to God and it does something to us. And if you think about it, naming things is um, Genesis chapter 1 stuff, isn't it? It's Edenic. That's where Eve came from. That's where we came from. That's where the world came from. God spoke. He said, let there be an ocean. Let the, let the land you know, separate from the waters. Let there be light. Let there be stars and moon. He named them, and they were. And, and are they real to us? Because he named them. So as we name things, um, it, it, well, it kind of makes the, the invisible visible. Like we were talking earlier, you know, we can go through life and, and not smell the roses. But when we stop and look and name something, something that has been kind of just taken for granted because it's there all the time, I, I love it when I get a glass of just great spring water, you know? And, and water is, is pretty, but imagine if we live some places uh, where they have no water, then it would be even a greater thing. But, huh? Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan, or Merrimack, New Hampshire, yeah. right? And now they're, they're branching out into Amherst and other places looking for that whatever those TPC, DVD, whatever things are <laughs> that I can't remember. PFOA. Huh? PFOA. There you go. <laughs> Somebody would know it. <clears throat> so that, you know, even, even the water. I know I was with Cliff the other day, and as he pulled out, somebody got in his way so that he couldn't pull out. And then we just, you know, we waited, and then he drove off down the road. But he, he mentioned, you know, because of that person getting in the way and not taking off when he should, maybe I just avoided an accident. There are things that happen out there all the time that we don't see. And we can bring those, make them visible by even saying that right now. I know God watches over us on the roads many times. And I can't name those times specifically except just to say, I know every time I'm on the road. And when I get in the car and I go someplace, um, I always thank God. I don't just say, God, please be with me. I thank him for being with me all the other times. And I know that, Lord, if you're gonna be with me this time, no matter what happens. Let's look at Ephesians 5, verse 20. We're gonna kinda, Gonna step it up a little bit here, because remember we wanted to move from thank you for the apple to Eucharisteo. Thank you for the sacrifice and the pain I'm going to go through tomorrow. Ephesians 5, verse 20. Who has that? Okay. Dan giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So now we're progressing from what we had discussed earlier. All good gifts come from God. Every good and perfect thing. That makes sense to thank him for those things. But here we're saying, to, uh, Paul is telling us to give thanks for how many things? All things. Just the good. The good, the bad, the in-between, right? Now, I think um, it's good to give God thanks for some of the harder things, but I think it's harder to give God thanks for the easy things. Those are sometimes the things we leave out. And um, the book that I read, it's called 1,000 Gifts. What she is doing, and she encourages you and I to do, if you want to take it up, is to try to make a list of a thousand things, a thousand gifts from God that you're thankful for. And you may start out with the bird songs and the apples and then progress to uh, other things like my laughing children, grandsons, and on up, up to the place where we get to where it tells us in Romans, Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 2 through 3 there, it tells us to rejoice in our tribulations. Now that's quite a jump from thank you for the bird songs. Because tribulations there, that word in the Greek means for the stresses of life. <coughs> and the word there where it says glory in those things is actually <coughs> can be translated as rejoice in those things. There were, now we're talking more Eucharisteo. Thanks for something that isn't all that wonderful. Now that doesn't make sense, does it? So often it's because we can't see the blessing in it. We can't see beyond to the blessing in it. Okay. Sometimes we, it is, but we can't always see it, right? So we want to go from thanks to this word, this Eucharisteo, where we can give thanks even though tomorrow we're going to the cross. Or maybe right now we're suffering on the cross. And I mean that, I don't mean that literally, I mean that as a symbolic type thing. But that's what Jesus was going through. Um, how about going from a wimp, so to speak, no muscles, all the way up to, what was his name, Joe Atlas? Everybody, you ever see those guys? How do you get from Wimpy, yeah, it was in Popeye, right? Wimpy, the little Wimpy guy, remember? How do you get from Wimpy to Joe Atlas? Exercise, right? You gotta use it. How do you get from thanks, thank you for the birds, to Eucharisteo? by looking for things to thank God for. Continue, when we can thank him for all the little things, it becomes a habit to say thank you. And what it does is, as we thank God for those little things, and that grows and grows, it actually drives out those negative things like discouragement, and distress, depression, after a while, we find ourselves not concentrating on those things, but just concentrating on how good God is to the place where that's all we can think of is how good God is, that relationship. And then uh, Kathy was saying, we don't always see um, the blessing 
in rejoicing about those tribulations, but Romans, if you look at the rest of the uh, verse there, in uh, 3 through 4, it tells us that, um, first of all, it builds up our patience or endurance. Then that it works in us to give us a character more and more like Jesus. And then it goes to that, uh, that concrete expectation, which is the Greek word for hope, to the place where we never have any doubts anymore. Everything is Eucharisteo. We think of God all the time. All the negatives in our life, we just say, we thank you, God. Not for the negatives, other than thank you for the negatives, because God has said that all things work together for good. good. So we can thank him for the negatives, not in the sense, please bring more negatives. But we're glad for the negatives that we have. We know that you're using them to do all those good things for us, your grace. And we do this after a while with joy in all of those things. You see, we don't need any practice griping. Right, Bon? Right? Bonnie does. She, I know she doesn't gripe about anything. So we'll have to work on that, Bonnie. I'll give you a list of gripes you can use next week. And maybe we can bring you up to speed here. But if we want to be doing this Eucharist Dale, thanking God, being grateful with joy and gratitude all the time to Him, then it's going to take practice. And if we go back to Philippians chapter 4, look at verse 11 and 12. Paul says it twice there in the New International Version. He says, I have learned to be content. I have learned to be content. He learned it. He practiced it. He didn't just, um, you know, if you go to the next verse, you say, Jesus gives us that strength, or God gives us the strength. Well, poof, you have it. God give them all the Eucharist there right now. It doesn't happen that way. It's something that we can practice and work on not in the sense that I'm good because I do, but as we do it, we get closer to God. So we start out with this, uh, you know, thanks for the little things, and we work it. It works itself all the way up. God works it, of course, with the, through the Holy Spirit. And it, we get all the way up to the place where we can face the lion's den. Remember what Daniel, Daniel was in that lion's den. And we read, though, at the beginning of that chapter that Dan read, or the beginning of the chapter where Dan read from, that he went home and he, three times that day, as was his custom, what did he do? That's all he did? You want to read it again? What, Linda? He opened his window, so it was up. Okay. And he gave thanks and prayed. You see, we always say pray three times a day because Daniel did it. He didn't just pray three times a day. He prayed and gave thanks three times a day. His people were um, in captivity. Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. He was thanking God all day, three times a day, and I'm sure all day long, whenever he thought of it. He was thanking God. 
not just praying, but thanking. And I'm sure along with that came the praise for God's character, thanks for all the things he does, and I'm sure he named them. Matter of fact, there are some prayers in there of Daniel. Now look at uh, Daniel chapter 6. We're going to go just a little bit further down here. Daniel chapter 6. We started out with he prayed the three times a day. Then he goes into the lion's den. Now look at verse 19 through 21. Who's got 19 through 21 in Daniel chapter 6? Then the king arose early in the morning and went in haste to the den of the lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. Okay. So put this in perspective. The king's been up worrying all night, right? He goes out there in trepidation. <coughs> takes off the cover. Daniel, Daniel, are you okay? Daniel says, No, get me out of here! Right? No, he says, O king, live forever. I'm, I'm okay. No big deal. The kitties are over here. We're just, we're just laying around. I'll pat on them. No big deal. You know, he gave thanks as a regular thing, every day, three times a day. He gave praise, he prayed. And then he was able to sit in a cage full of hungry lions for overnight and then just say, okay, don't worry, no problem. That's the kind of, kind of faith that I want, the kind of Thanks, the kind of that Eucharist tale that I want. I want to look at um, one more verse here. It's in um, Philippians chapter 4. Actually, there was one. I missed one somewhere. Oh, here it is, Psalms. Two more verses. Psalms 6, verse 30. Well, someone gets that one, someone else go back to Philippians chapter 4. There is another verse 30. Okay, let's see what I wrote down here. Um, Psalm 6, 9, verse 30. That, that helps when you give you both numbers that way. All right, who's got 69, 30? Praise the name of God with a song. I will sit and magnify him with thanksgiving. Mm. What's the thanksgiving do? Magnifies him. Magnifies God. You know, he becomes bigger and bigger in our lives, in our minds, in our lives, in everything that we go through to the place where we can't, we don't see anything else but God in every situation, in every part of life whether everything's going great or whether everything's going terrible. That's what we see. And that's how Daniel got through that. Now, 
see what Paul tells us there in Philippians 4, verse 6. And then be we'll anxious be for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Prayer, supplication, thanks. You see? So as we, as we do that, um, and they said, let, let, don't be anxious about anything. Really, what he would, should be saying there, give it to God in prayer, petition, and thanks, and he'll take away your anxieties. That's what he wants to do for us. And give us that, um, what we said at the beginning, the peace that passes all understanding. It's his world, so let's sing about it. This is our Father's world for our closing song. this place to worship in. We thank you for providing us with good music. If 
people like Rhonda and Kathy play it for us. Lord, there's so many things that we could thank you for. Um, and if you think it would be good for us to do it, help us to get started on writing down that list of a thousand gifts. And maybe that won't be enough room. Whatever uh, you think would be best for us to have the best relationship with you, to know you the best, um, guide us in that direction and move us that way. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you.